Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning, and I also want to thank my loyal listeners and my family members who listen to the show and have definitely been supporting what it is that I am trying to do as I am doing my best to get it done. And it's interesting because when I see my loyal listeners, I also want to thank my neighbors, and I want to share what happened last night, which was very interesting, which kind of goes into this topic in regards to it is time for change. Now, we're hearing change all over the radio. We're hearing it on television. And a lot of individuals have a lot of things to say. But I always say, because it was told to me, I remember telling a woman this one time, if you're not going to be part of a solution, please don't add to the problem. Now, we've seen after the death of George Floyd that we've been seeing a lot of protests all over the world. And individuals are even out there protest, protesting despite knowing that we have this coronavirus going on. They are letting it be known that enough is enough, and I'm going to say is enough. Now, more than ever, it is time for change. People are being exposed. They're being called out. And this protest is about change in many areas. So we're not just talking about just police brutality. We're talking about a lot of things need to change. So let's talk about it. I have the first caller on the line. Let me log this person on, and we're going to get into the show. Good afternoon, this is Jeanette Abney, number ending in 55. How are you doing? Okay, you're on the air. If you want to say something, you are more than welcome to speak. So I appreciate you calling in. But today's show is designed to address issues and concerns that many individuals are having, have expressed, have concern all over the world. Many of us have seen videos regarding police brutality and unfair treatment resulting in the death of many. And people are tired and they're taking it to the streets. Individuals are angry, frustrated, and demanding change. Now, many times we've seen individuals protest and we've seen them protest through the Rodney King riots. We've had several protests for a lot of other different things. But the problem is people were upset because after the, when the protesting ended, things remained the same because people felt that they could still do what they wanted to do. Now, we need changes in many areas, and we're going to be talking about that. Let me log on because i got another caller just called in, so let me log on this person. Good afternoon, this is Jeanette, number ended in 05. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Okay, you I got am calling just annoying. to say that I'm really excited about what's going on now. We started out with the protesting and then we had the, the looting and all that, but I am so proud to see now that former leaders are stepping up and mm-hmm. uh, senators are stepping up. People are realizing that this is the ideal time to make changes that will benefit people of color. And I'm really, really excited about it. And you know what? And the thing is because people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
Now, just last night, I was in Compton. Cause I was in Compton because my grandson kind of subpoenaed me, and he wanted to see me. So he didn't want me to go home last night. So when my friend had went to go to try to get some stuff to work on a house, he said that the Home Depot area was all blocked off in Compton on Alameda, so he couldn't get through because they were protesting. They had Kendrick Lamar out there. They had other, you know, individuals of that have made it out of Compton protesting because they're tired. And this is just not in Compton. This is all over the world. But then later mm-hmm. on, when I got ready to do the show or putting the information out for the show, I kept hearing loud noises, and I kept thinking, I was like, I know they're not protesting this time of night. So I'm listening to the noise, and I'm I'm listening to all the stuff going on. It was getting louder and louder. Then I'm hearing helicopters and sirens. Girl, I walked outside, and the police was in front of my house. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? They had from my house all the way down to the end of the block locked off with police cars lined up all, I can't even count how many police cars I saw and how many police officers was out there. But the sad part about it was it was so uncalled for. And so when I went to my neighbor's house, because I didn't want to talk to the police because my voice is shot, and they didn't know who I was. I mean, they're like, okay, who is she? So I went to the neighbor to see what was going on because that's what we need, unity, where we need the communities to join together and stand together. So I went to the neighbor's, he didn't really know what was going on, but I noticed it was coming from one of my childhood friends' house. So I called her. And when I called her, she was so all over the place. And I know she has health problems, she has asthma, and she's trying to tell me that the police um, had tasered the boy, and he didn't do And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So, but before then, I got my daughter, and I woke her up, and I was like, come on, let's go down there. So I didn't know if the police was going to stop us or let us go. They let us go. We walked down there. Girl, they, she said she was having a family dinner with her family members because it was somebody's birthday before. One of the young mm-hmm. men was coming outside with a plate of food. Girl, they said he had a gun and tasered, stung, took the boy to jail. They said that the mother was trying to pull the police off of him. And when I seen the videos, the young man was still standing there with a freaking plate of food in his hand. How you got a gun and you got a plate of food? But what bothered me the most was with all the police officers out there, and I'm trying to de-escalate my neighbors and my childhood friends because they was pissed off. It could have went so bad to so many mm-hmm. people could have been hurt because it was like one of the guys was saying the police were shaking with guns in their hand. How you going to have a gun mm. in your hand shaking? He said you could have wow. accidentally shot somebody for mm-hmm. no reason. And so I called to follow up with her today, and she said that the young man is still not out of jail yet, and they arrested two young two young men for no reason. Then they had the fire department, the paramedics. I'm like, what the hell they got the paramedics for? Did they plan on killing and shooting somebody? But when I looked in the face of some of those officers, they were young. Some were women. Mm-hmm. They looked scared. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what to do. And they were right. so unprepared. So we need mm-hmm. something different. We need something different. They wasn't even prepared for that. If somebody could have, mm-hmm. it's so many people that, because I know how my mind works. There's so many people that could have got hurt. It's freaking ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah. 
what the hell? Just it's, it's ridiculous. Now I know in Minneapolis they were talking about um, um, letting go of the police officers and all of that, and that doesn't mean that we don't need police officers. We need proper policing because it's sad. Because even after all of the stuff that we've seen, even with George Floyd, people are still getting beat up by the police. They had to just arrest those or charge those two officers that pushed that seventy-five-year-old man down. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> what is? I'm just like oh, and, and, it, and it's, it's bad. It's it's bad. And like I said, it's interesting because even though I am a licensed therapist, some of my clients are police officers. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying I don't like police because I understand. I totally understand. I understand their thought process. I understand the community's thought process. I understand. But we do need to do better. What are, you, what are your comments in regards to that before I log on the next caller? Um, I just wanted to say that this morning on The View, I saw where Sunny said um, Kamala Harris was on. And so Sunny said in her explanation to um, Megan that defunding the police, does not mean that you're taking the money out of the police system and we won't have police. It simply means that you're, you're using some of that funding to help with community policing, with people involved in the community getting special services and, and other things that will make it a more peaceful community and not what other people are thinking that you're basically saying when you say defund the police, that you're basically saying take the money from them. We don't need police. So I thought that was right. really critical and that you know more people need to know that. Correct. And a lot of times they don't understand. You know, and some people would say, okay, well, Jeanette, have you ever had a gun put, put up put on you? Yes. Jeanette, have you ever had issues? Yes, I have. But even so, I can truly say that my neighbors respect me. They know who I am. They know what I do. And I even told them, if you want to call in, call in. You know, because I want mm-hmm. them to have a voice. And when I get off the air today, I will be making some phone calls to the police department to find out and consult with the with the cub captain because and find out if, if there was a report, find out why these young men have not been released because that mm-hmm. made no sense because they put their own officers in danger. Mm-hmm. Right. Some officers could have right. got killed out there as well as there were kids out there. And when I was leaving, one of the saddest things is one of the little girls said to me in my face because she was talking to her grandmother, if we was white having dinner, they wouldn't have done that to us. Oh, yeah, and it's true. And all I could say was out of the mouth of babes. And some things is not just mm-hmm. color. So I don't want to just make this a black yeah. and white issue because I know mm-hmm. that they do things differently, and that's where we talk about policing. You can't treat mm-hmm. one neighborhood different than you treat another neighborhood. You can't be showing up in right. riot gear. On, on a street, and then you sitting up here go say that people had guns. If they had guns, you wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. So let me, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. wow. <laughs> um, let me log on the next caller. <laughs> All righty. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio, number in and in two, two. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm just in the right now. Okay. No problem. Okay, so when we start talking about just some of the changes, 
And I'm just going to say your name, S, because I know your name, the person that called in. Mm-hmm. What are some of the changes you would like to see? Because, yes, um, Camilla, Camilla Harris coming out. Um, Cory Booker was, was Cory Booker was speaking. Colin Powell was speaking. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. individuals are stepping up to the plate. God, what is his name? The guy that ran for president once before, and my daughter, when I was cracking up, I said he kind of messed up when he was talking about Big Bird. But uh, Romney was also <laughs> another one. They know we need to do something. They know. And I meant to tell you, too, you need to get ready to write your other book. I am. I'm working on it. <laughs> start from the top down to the bottom. So. Mm-hmm. This is how we implement change because, like I said, a lot of people are being exposed. People are tired of this. They're tired of it. Mm -hmm. And it made me wonder, what if my daughter would have just called me at midnight saying, Mom, the police is outside, or Mom, a straight bullet just came through our window. Mom, and Mm -hmm. her and my grandson is sitting there. Or even so, I was sitting right by the picture window when I heard all the chaos only to walk outside to see Mm -hmm. the police. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm a wow. superwoman or super therapist, but I just did the best I could by trying to de-escalate the situation. And sometimes people mm-hmm. can't de-escalate it. I mean, I wasn't down there when when um, the young lady had to pull the police off of her son. I wasn't down there when all this stuff happened. So I'm trying to put the pieces together to try to figure out what did happen down here and making sure that my friend didn't wind up going to the hospital because I know she got asthma and she got breathing problems and she's upset. And then letting them still know, I understand. It's not like I'm just trying to take the police side, nor am I just trying to take my neighbor's side. I'm trying to demonstrate some kind of peace around here. And like I told them, if you guys calm down, they'll leave. Calm down so they'll leave. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. There was no reason for them to be mm-hmm. out there like that. So what are some of the changes you would like to see? Uh, well, one of the changes I'd like to see is that I'd like to, first of all, understand why there has to be lethal force, why the policemen are carrying these so, these serious weapons, and why when they're actually shooting someone, they don't just try to disable them instead of killing them. It seems like it's like in the movies now, that when you go after the enemy or the person who's creating the problem, it has to be fatal. I don't understand that, and I will never understand that. I I do realize, too, that we need to start, um, get communities back to where they are policing each other. But that's a climate change, because back in the day, your neighbor saw your kid doing something wrong, they addressed it. And we need Mm -hmm. to get together again as a, a community and have that mm-hmm. kind of community respect. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's a good place to start. I remember when I was a teenager, and I've shared it on the air before, my educational career is not just as a therapist. I also studied, and I have a degree in administration and criminal justice, because I wanted to be going to law enforcement. I did. I wanted to be a, an attorney. I wanted to retire as a judge. I've always had a knack for this, but they didn't want to let me, but it was okay. And I remember going before the <laughs> Civil Service Commission. I, girls, like, all my life I've had to fight. I write a letter in a heartbeat. I say what I mean, I mean what mm-hmm. I say. And part of it is when they have certain personalities that they look for when they're, you know, taking a test. 
in order to be going to law enforcement. But the sad part and the thing that I want to say is I remember when I was back in the the late 90s going through, you know, schooling and all of that, and I will never forget I had a teacher, and he was describing individuals as NHI. And I never understood what NHI was, so I didn't know what it was, so I asked, I asked questions, what did that mean? He said, mm-hmm. non-human involved. So when they view the drug addicts, the prostitutes, right. the, the gangbangers, the African Americans, the Hispanics, the, the mm-hmm. when they view you as non-human, they're going to treat you as a non-human. And that's mm-hmm. part of it. The attitude is the perception. But the sad part about it is you got some people that are going to law enforcement and they want to make a difference. And like I said, when I was looking in the faces of some of these young women that were standing in Compton, standing there, mm-hmm. they didn't know what the hell to do. So because they didn't to... belong there. They're not a part of that community, and that's one of the things that needs to change, too. And not just with the police departments. I feel like if we are to have steady flow of uh, education, of uh, mm-hmm. respect, that we need to be within our communities, and not saying that we need to be segregated, but saying that we need to have police who are from that area that people know. We need to have teachers from that area that people know, and it all ties in with the economy because the economy is based such that if you can get a, a, get more dollars on this side of town, you're going to go to that side of town. If you can get medical better medical treatment on that side of town you're going to go to that side of town we need to just make sure that everybody has a, a quality of the services that they need quality of police department quality of teachers quality of medical care and it's almost to the point now that things have really are beginning to collapse the things are beginning to collapse collapse because of the virus, and I think it's going to make us take a look at things, but I think we need to start building on a sense of community again and a sense of fairness, and I think that has to start within each little community. It do, and that's why before I went outside, when I went outside and I saw all the police, the first thing I did was go to my neighbor. I went mm-hmm. to my neighbor. Mm-hmm. What's going on? I'm gonna ask, I asked my neighbor first. I wasn't going to just walk up to the cop because I didn't want to walk up to the cop and the cop could attack me, figuring what you're doing mm-hmm. here. You know, so I went straight to my neighbor. So from there, I called another neighbor. And then after that, right. and I got a call from a ch- another childhood friend, I went down the street to go check on his mother, you know, because she was down the street. So my mm-hmm. daughter and I, we just did the best that we could and then followed up mm-hmm. with her. But by that same token, I understand why a lot of people don't want to live in a community perhaps they work at. I was a social worker working at a group home, and every time the kids were they wall, they come to my house because I live right around the corner. Good. (laughs) Good. Community service. (laughs) You saved some kids. That's the way it's supposed to work. So I wouldn't want to be a cop, and then you got to arrest your neighbor next door, and then they get mad and start putting I get that. But we do need to know, and like I said, one thing is when you're doing your briefings, you need to know your beat. You need to know your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Because if they would have known that this family would have a family dinner every Sunday, they would say, okay, they're just having their family dinner. They wouldn't be out there harassing a the kid with a plate in his hand. Oh, sorry, a kid was a grown man. But he still had the plate in his hand. <laughs> it's like, you want to attack the man with a plate in his hand? 
And then you took him to jail? <laughs> oh, I got another caller calling in. Oh, Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Punch of Ridiculous. Blocks up radio number ending in 91. How are you doing? I don't know if I got a delay, but okay, you're on. If you have anything to say, <laughs> let me know. So number ending in 91. You know what's it's crazy is because sometimes I don't even know my own. I know my cell phone numbers, but I don't know my home numbers. <laughs> so I guess if someone um, called me like that, I would know who they're talking about either. But you are on the line if you did call in, if you have something to say to add to this topic. But getting back to what you were talking about with education and community policing and all of that, education is huge. <laughs> it is huge. <laughs> and, you know, even, and I can only speak for Compton because that's where <laughs> I grew up at. Oceanside, I was already an adult. And I've done things in Oceanside to try to make a difference, too. But growing up in Compton, I didn't realize how we were being treated, even when it came to our education. They were teaching mm-hmm. us out of obsolete books. Our test mm-hmm. scores were so low to when the principal decided no more, enough is enough, and they started preparing us for those tests, and our test scores mm-hmm. went sky high. Could they started firing right. our teachers, administrators, people started getting in trouble. It was kind of like the movie Lean On Me. And that was back right. in the 80s because it was to the point to where your parents probably had left in what, you know, they wanted to give their children, so they wanted to give us a quality education, but how was we going to get a quality education with an obsolete book? I got to the point mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I told my mother, I'm not going back to a Compton school. My mother said, I don't care where you go, but you ain't going to be sitting up in this house. So mm-hmm. I wind up going to school, girl, 30 miles away from home. I didn't realize how inconvenient that was going to be. I used to have to catch the bus, mm-hmm. then she would let me drive. But I graduated from Banning High School. I didn't graduate from one of the Compton school, um, school systems. So I mean, schools, mm-hmm. Compton schools, because I felt I wasn't learning anything, and I was a straight-A student. Now, you being in mm-hmm. education, what are some of the changes that people can make in regards to education? Well, I think that there's going to be an automatic change in a, in a little while when we change leadership in the country. Because I can tell you that just based on the last three or so years that teachers' attitudes have changed because Mm -hmm. we've gotten to a point where there was a focus on African-American students because they were low-performing, that uh, finances were put in place for them, uh, assistance, additional assistance, everything was put in place and things were happening. And I will tell you that lately, the last couple of years, that's just gone out the window, and even attitudes have changed back oh, yeah. to prior to the current leadership because attitudes now are, you know, I don't want to be bothered with them or they're just a problem. I walk through where I work, and I see our kids outside the classroom because, and, and the sad part is that, we're, you know, luckily we're going through, uh, you know, lots of school districts are going through training for restorative practices so people can understand that, you know, we're all humans and our kids deserve to learn and our kids deserve to be treated like everyone else. But mm-hmm. but we're at the point now because it, that it's, it's feeding down that huh, I don't want to be bothered with them or, you know, we're, they're just following the pace of leadership. And I think that's going to change because we have people out now protesting and showing that there are tremendous uh, supporters and belief that 
we simply are human, and we're just like everybody else, and we can't be judged by our skin color. That I think that just on the basis of people's reaction, that we're going to, again, get, get back to a spot where our kids can be supported and cared about and treated fairly in school and not treated as an obstacle uh, to the school's success and a need to get rid of them. So it's been really bad for the last few years. Let me tell you the sad part about this. The house that they was at, this young lady, when we were kids, we used to play school. We used to teach the kids in the community how to read, how to write, and she continues Mm -hmm. to do that even to this day. Just recently, when Ryder didn't have a school to go to, we were sending Ryder down there, and they were building science projects. They, she does so much after-school stuff for these kids, and mm-hmm. then she got the police out. So she does a lot, and even when the little girl was seeing what she said, that little girl was so intelligent and articulate, it was ridiculous. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So she's doing the best she can to make sure that the kids that are in her home and her neighborhood have a proper education. Mm-hmm. And yet that little girl had to witness what she saw. Right. And that was right. her response. That was her response. But I'll, now, but I'll say in education, too, the younger teachers coming in are the ones who are going to make a difference, too. Uh, they know the struggle. And the ones like me who are aging out, you know, we're going to get out of the way so the young teachers can come in and they can stand up for our kids and and make them feel comfortable and push them, you know, just motivate them and know that you have someone like you who's who's working with you, even if nobody else has gotten that far yet, that you have them to support you. So I I think we need to get more um, African-American young people in the field of education as well and let them know how much they're impacting the future. Correct. And, you know, I remember when I was doing my my diversity leadership training, I enjoyed it. And part of it was learning about different cultures. We, mm-hmm. When we're afraid of something, it shows. It shows in what we say. Mm-hmm. It shows in how we react. People make jokes. And they don't know. They feel uncomfortable. We shouldn't feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable around other people. Right. Now, when I was down the street, I didn't feel uncomfortable being around the police. I really didn't. But I just didn't want to be gunned down, beat up, or because I'm like, okay, now this is really going to go bad. If something <laughs> happened to me down here in Compton, yeah, it's not going to be good. So, but I had to know, I had to let them know, too, I'm not afraid. I am so not afraid. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes people think when you move out of the community, you can't go back into the community because sometimes they need mm-hmm. people to go back into their communities and help clean up their communities. Right. Another thing to right. change. And, like, when we start talking about, the frustration is people are afraid, they're hurt, they're suffering, mm-hmm. they're frustrated, they're outraged, and they're exhausted. They're just exhausted. And that is what mm-hmm. I've been hearing is I'm tired of this. I'm tired of nothing mm-hmm. being done. Now, I have another call coming in. Let me log this call around. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, number ending in 66. How are you doing? Hello, how are you doing today? I am well. And what do you want to share as it relates to this topic? Uh, well, I am just tired of um, the racism in America. I'm actually from, yeah, not, nothing's going yeah. on. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. And, um, like, right now I'm going through racism at my job where I work at. And, um, 
it's ridiculous. These folks think they could just make jokes about, you know, my ancestors and us black African-American people in America. Um, the things that I'm going through at work is ridiculous as me being called a nigger um, from my supervisor and uh, being called Kunta Kinte. She, think it's, she thought it was mm-hmm. okay. She called me Kunta Kinte. She said she's going to boil me in a pot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to make me her slave for today. And and the people, and she said this in front of other people too. And I know she was saying it. I don't want to say she was saying it as a joke, but as to her, she thinks she was saying it as a joke. But that's this is the way America is. And it is. Like, and you know what I'm gonna say? It is. And it's, it got worse because people thought they can get away with it. Yeah. And I remember when I moved from Compton to Oceanside, I was only 19. They would draw pictures of me. They were, and the whole time I went back to school, I worked on my degrees. And the thing is, I had to learn how to fight differently. Uh-huh. I had to learn how to fight differently. Okay. And when I had to learn how to fight differently, because they, I let them know what you're doing and what you're saying is not hurting me, hurting you. Uh-huh. And when uh-huh. I flipped, right. and not only did I flip the script, I walked away with a check for the rest of my life. They knew I was doing That's the way to do it. Then when yes, I went to Orange yes. County, I ran into the same situation in Orange County. But what they mm. failed to realize was Compton and Oceanside prepared me for Orange County. So by okay. the time I got ready to start talking to them and got ready to meet with them, they didn't want to talk to me. They mm. told, they put, they tried to shut me down, took away 13 contracts, and then on one mm. time they said, Put a memo out, or we shut her down during Black History Month. Wow. By the time I finished writing, Obama, the Attorney General's office, the Secretary of State, by the time I got finished writing letters, it was a wrap. So yeah. I'm still in business. I'm still doing what I'm doing. And I just smile at them, laugh. I laugh. I laugh at them. But that's a, I laugh at them. That's I a hostile at them. work environment, too. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Well, let me tell you what I brought when it got to me at the school district. I was cool until they took my food. Girl, somebody went and took my food out the refrigerator. Then I said, Lord, they're trying to really make me act black. <laughs> they took my food. <laughs> well, I've heard some watermelon jokes, the chicken jokes. Yeah. I now they respect me. They respect me. Mm-hmm. They couldn't break me. They respect me. I've heard it be said, mm-hmm. we'll give her her contract back. When her house is going to foreclosure, she lose everything she had. It didn't happen. Because I'm going to tell you what somebody else told me, too. They, t- they sent me to the Bible, Psalm 37, when it said, Yo, the righteous will not be forsaken or a seed big as bread. The wicked will be cast down. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, that is a learned behavior. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you got to find acceptable behavior too. And I, I suggest that you document, you just keep a log of the dates yeah. and the remarks that are made because they're yeah. going to get bolder and, and you're going to oh, need yeah. to take steps. It, you know, go to the EEOC, file a lawsuit, file it. You know, some lawyers will yeah, take that's it on what contingency. I'm working on now, filing a lawsuit because with the lady who okay. was calling me all these names, she got fired. If I, they found out that I wasn't. They found out that I was telling the truth, and they fired her right when this George Floyd um, accident happened. The next day, they right. fired her. Yeah. Okay. See, things yeah. are changing. Mm-hmm. Things are changing. 
But you, but I still say keep a log because that was permitted for quite a while, apparently. Keep a log, right. and, and including even the fact that she was terminated. That's you know that will benefit you too in the in the future if they're still if they continue or if they become brazen yeah. again. So yeah, the crazy yeah. yeah, the crazy thing they put me on administrative leave without pay. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, I've been on administrative leave without pay for like three months now. On the basis of what? Whistleblower. On the basis of. I- yeah, on the basis of this situation, they investigated. So she got fired. They still never. What I'm thinking is, I'm thinking they don't. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to call me. Right. They, they don't know what to do. Right. And so I'm just going to take legal um, action. Right. Right. I recommend yeah. it too. Yeah. And you got to remember wow. too, there's a statute of limitations. So don't let your statute of limitations expire. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what they. I appreciate months. that so much, y'all. Get my voice out and let me talk because, uh, like I said, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, and um, I'm I'm out here in California. I have I don't have no family out here. I don't have nobody. So this this right here helped mm-hmm. me just to talk to y'all. You know, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can get in touch with uh, Jeanette, is this number available once this call is over? Yes. Okay. okay if you get in touch with Jeanette afterwards, I can give you a couple of numbers too. Okay, thank you so much. I will. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, now have a good day. Thank you. you too. Now, when we start talking about change and mm-hmm. unity, you know, a lot of times people was led to believe nobody's going to listen to you. They're not going to believe mm-hmm. you. Just It's going right. to go away. Just take the beat. No, we, anybody taking it no more. Because, like I right. said, enough is enough. And things don't have to be done with violence. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be with destroying property and tearing things up. I am so like, wow, just watching how individuals that are doing things in a peaceful manner is throwing people mm-hmm. off. They don't know right. what to do. Because of that stereotype. That's, that's, there's a stereotype. And, and that is the basis of a lot of the maltreatment at work, too. They think that they can cause us to get to the level where we don't react intelligently. We just start destroying things, or we start being really brutal, and then they have, they have basically proven that there's an issue there on our uh-huh. part. So we just uh-huh. have to learn how to act, you know, act, react intelligently. Correct. And I always say you got to know how to fight differently. No matter how mm-hmm. mad I get, no matter how, I, I learned how to fight differently. I'm not going to do what you expect for me mm-hmm. to do. I'm going to come a whole, right. Different, right. whole different way. So, like I said, we mm-hmm. talked about change in the policing, change in the school, mm-hmm. housing. Mm-hmm. Housing is another area we need change. Do you know now it is so hard to buy a house? It is so well, hard to we need a- to demand our 30 acres and a meal. <laughs> this is when we get that, we can build our houses. <laughs> well, it's, I mean... I'm sitting in my daughter's life, Mom, I want to buy a house. I'm talking to my son. I was like, you know you need to buy a house. But I'm sitting up here thinking, what's the actual down for the school? What's your got to be? You can't do it by yourself. Jeanette? Yes. Can you hear me, Jeanette? I can hear you. Okay, because there's a, whatever. I don't know if it's your stuff. If somebody's talking in the background. See, now, Not here. Now it repeats. If you got After your radio. After I say it. Everything I'm saying is repeating, and everything you're saying is repeating, so I can't even hardly hear it all. But I don't know if anybody else is hearing it. I don't know if you, got you have the radio on two devices. 
Yeah, if you got two devices going on, that's why you got the echo. I don't have two devices going. I'm okay. Well, I don't phone. know you, you don't what's going it. on, but it's, it's while not you're talking. I can. Somebody else is like on your line. Okay. Well, if it is, maybe my phone is okay. tapped because I'm on my own phone. But what do you want to add to the show? What do you want to say in regards to that? Because we're not hearing that on our end. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to tell you, and then I'm going to have to go. But, what, I mean, I understand what that guy's saying, what that woman's saying. And also, the thing for me is what consumes your mind controls your life sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I have shut off my news, Facebook, all mm-hmm. that media because I'm so disgusted with what our police have done and what they're doing. And that this thing is just now we went from coronavirus to all this protesting mm-hmm. and racism crap. I'm so sick of it. I'm like, in fact, you know, I was going to tell you, maybe I should just come and move in with you. <laughs> 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 because then I can sit on your front porch and there'll be an African-American, a white girl. Okay? So, and then I can go back to you. You already tried to do the We Are Family. Wait a minute. We did the We Are Family when we went to go see Oprah. You done got me in enough trouble. <laughs> I know. We Are Family. I got that, okay? But I would like to go there and talk and do. You sit there and have lunch and have those idiots come up and do what they do. I'm I don't know what I've got to say. Is that whatever consumes your mind? Is going, you know, and this whole thing is consuming so much that I, it, it's just, I can't even, it's, I mean. But this is the thing, know, though, this, is, this is the thing, Michelle. You have seen it, and a lot of times, even as a Caucasian woman, Caucasian women get discriminated against, too. So when we start talking about minorities and equal <laughs> and fair and, and, you know, sexism and, ageism, mm-hmm. it's so much stuff that's going out there that people have ignored for so long. They're not ignoring it anymore. They're not. Right. You know, Michelle, you and I were just talking about, you talking about buying another house. It's going to be different when you go try to buy your house now as a single woman, not as a married mm-hmm. white woman. It's going to be different for you. So things oh, are going well, to be different. Then you know what? Then I'm just going to go tell them I'm married to you, then we're going to go buy <laughs> Okay, and me and my other girlfriend, I was like, you know what? She's African American. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I can't even believe that this this whole thing is ridiculous. I'm sorry. So you're right about white girls because I, when I was a foster parent, and I Mm -hmm. used to get called the international mom because I always had Hispanic, African American kids, right? And Mm -hmm. I get people looking at me like. Like, are those your kids? I'm like, what are you staring at? I go, those are my girls, okay? <laughs> and my husband, you know, he's Portuguese, so they're all looking like, okay, now what? Now what she's saying? And But you're right, I mean, and but thank you for telling me I'm going to have a hard time if I go by as a single woman. Oh, you okay. are. You are. I won't. Because you, because you haven't had to do that as a, a unmarried woman. And you're, you're single by being a widow. But it's going to be different for you this time. You're going to you're going to see some different. Well, well then maybe you're I'm gonna, not moving. I'll just come around the room for you. You're going to also <laughs> experience um what they call discrimination based on your age. People don't realize when you start getting up there in age and you try to buy a house and they're trying to give you a 30-year loan, they don't expect for you to live 30 years after you've passed mm-hmm. 50. 
So these are things that are happening, and people don't understand. They don't get it. So the problem, what I'm saying, Michelle, is if you know this going into it, then you know how to deal with it. There were people well, who talk about housing. There were people that are that talk about houses that was in their seventies that wanted a home modification or wanted to refinance, and they were denied based on their age. Some parents oh, well, can't well, even actually, you know what? Because of their they, age. They'd actually come to me and they want to refinance my home, but I said I'm not paying eleven thousand dollars to have you refinance my home because you think you're doing me some good for eleven thousand dollars. No, that's not going to help. That's what? Oh, you can ship a month's payment and whatever, but I mean, if I come across that, I'm glad you said it because now I'll, I'll, I'll be prepared for it. If that you happens. Be for it. And you, that's what I'm saying. You got to be prepared. You got to know. When you know better, you do better. And then you know what you are But I think we're going to have a shift in housing, too, because if you look at things, you know, in some of the cities, especially California, too, but um, in the Northeast, too, it's gotten so expensive that people are relocating based on affordability. And Correct. it's almost like, <clears throat> and it's changing the, the condition of the cities that were normally considered affordable. So now you have those people taking their money, their big money, down to these southern cities, these smaller cities and states, yeah, but and the changing, the, too, though, changing the landscape there. They are, but this is the thing. It's like big bank take little bank. Because they, you know, back in the 80s, I remember when they were trying to get a lot of people to move out of Compton and go to Moreno Valley and Baldwin Hills Mm -hmm. and go to all of these places. Right. We call it the upscale Carson. And they went there and they lost their jobs, they lost their houses, and they couldn't even afford to go back Mm -hmm. to Compton. The prices Mm -hmm. of homes in Compton is ridiculous. I would rather take my money and go to Riverside County, but the crime rate is increasing out in those areas, but the housing is lower, Mm -hmm. but the property taxes are higher. You know, so we just gotta we gotta educate ourselves. We gotta educate ourselves in our finances. We gotta educate ourselves in our health care. We gotta educate Mm -hmm. ourselves in our relationships, our mental health. That's where things are Mm -hmm. going to make a difference in regards to change. You know, I was talking to my um. My son's daughter's, my son's oldest daughter's mother, about making some changes even within my company. Because I enjoy mm-hmm. doing what I do, but I know I'm getting to mm-hmm. a point to where I can't do everything. So I'm trying to bring mm-hmm. up people up under me to prepare them for this shift so that they can just pass on the torch because I don't want everything that I started to go in vain. But right. by the same token, right. I, don't, I don't make it, I don't fixate on it. But it, like right now, I didn't even think about going to work. I'm sitting at home, and when I get finished, I'm going to sleep. I'm taking me a nap. So <laughs> that's my change. I would be sitting in the offices from sun up to sundown. I'm not gonna do that no more to my body. My body tired. Right, right. This this is giving clarity. This is giving a lot of people clarity. I have a friend who's going to, who had not thought about retiring, but is going to retire at the beginning of next year because of this downtime and and the mm-hmm. scenic condition of things. You know how the world's changing and how hopefully the country's going to change. And and so it makes and even me it makes you think about well it's time for me to relax. I've done what I need to do. Mm-hmm. It's time to just mm-hmm. relax. You know, put the young people out front, let them do what they do, and, and just kick back and enjoy That's the fruits of labor. Mm-hmm. That is exactly That's what I'm good. trying to do. But I want to I say this, and this happened to me yesterday. Ryder and I was walking in the neighborhood, 
and we're talking about it's time for change. First mm-hmm. a man spoke, I spoke back. Why that man asked me, did you take somebody's kid? And they going to say, oh, well, y'all do have the same eyes. I kept walking. But he's biracial, right? Right is biracial. But the the guy was Hispanic. That was a comment that didn't even okay. speak to you. Why you going to ask mm-hmm. me that I take somebody's kid? Mm-hmm. So when we start talking about this change and we're talking about education, ignorance. Some people are just mm-hmm. ignorant. You know, oh, yeah. some people, and, and it's sad. It is so sad. So when we start talking about the racial inequality, when we start talking about these things that's happening, it's based on people's ignorance, their fear. There was no need for that. So how did you respond? Fear. Because that's an important piece here, too. When he first spoke, I spoke. But when he asked me, mm-hmm. did you take somebody's kid, and then say, oh, well, you, you guys got the same eyes, me and Riley just kept walking. Well, that that caused that caused to mind something I thought about this morning because I think I was ill treated at my uh, dentist's office recently, and m- the thing that she said was because we you know she, it had been a really rough um, appointment and so anyway at the end of the appointment I said yeah I said this was pretty rough I said and you know and I was even married to a dentist so I know and she said um, what happened to him did you kill him oh and I thought wow. And it, it, to me, what you just said now about the statement of the the man saying, did you steal somebody's kid, it's that I think we need to respond. I, I couldn't respond. I was so flabbergasted. But I think we need well, to respond to people like that and let them know that's inappropriate. Well, this is the thing. Sometimes silence is golden. And when you don't know what to say, sometimes not saying nothing makes them think. Because if I was to say something, let's say derogatory back or go tit for tat, that's not necessary. That's so not necessary. So it, it it wasn't even worth my attention or my time to go back and try to say something or what you want a DNA, what you want this. I didn't need to do all of that. I have a way. Of okay, you're the therapist, though. I'm you're the therapist. therapist. So my question to you, my question to you mm-hmm. is. I'll I'll use my situation. And I think, in hindsight, I think that I should have said to the dentist something to the effect that that that's not a pleasant thing to say or um, let's consider a bedside manner. I should have said something. In that situation, when she asked you, did you kill him, I I would have said, no, Mm -hmm. he's not dead. Mm -hmm. Or he's still alive. You know, so I wouldn't have... It's like, what are you trying to say that I killed my husband, or you know, I would, I would, no, no, he's not deceased. And then it would have made her think like, oh, and then finding out what her comeback was, because that was and not so an appropriate comment. Right, and I, so I, I, I want to feel like I don't want to do tit for tat, because I mm-hmm. think tit for tat is saying I'm, I'm choosing to battle with you. I think it's more that. People need to be correct, just like the young man who called in about the racial comments and all of that. You don't have to get in the mud with them, but I just feel like we need to arm ourselves with the ability to say something that just nips it in the bud, to let them know that I will stand up for myself. I'm not going to battle with you, but I'm letting you know that you need to reflect on the fact that you were just rude. Correct. Well, sometimes in case you, you don't know it, you was rude, or I don't appreciate the comment, or why? Wow, what made you say that? Is your husband deceased? 
you know. So sometimes, or I don't know what it's like to be a widow. So sometimes, like I said, it's a way of making people think. And what you're seeing is taking me back to the email that I received last week that I shared on the air about the lady wanting me to do free (laughs) or low-cost therapy to BLK protesters, (laughs) and she kept calling them black folks for their past seven Mm -hmm. days. And I read on the air the way I responded. Now, I have yet to have received any other follow-up from that person. Now, the next step could be contacting Cal State Fullerton, giving them a copy of the email, saying, I would like to bring this to your attention, and this is the way that this person may view African-American students at your school, which you had found out what department she was in, because you don't know who know who or how they can find out information. Sometimes you don't know. But the position that that young lady is in, she can spread more poison to other students beneath her if that's how she feels about them. Okay, so, so maybe maybe we maybe we have chips on our shoulders. And so I'm saying in that case too, maybe the appropriate thing to do would think uh, would be to consider, oh, she's of a different nationality. Maybe she doesn't mm-hmm. know this is offensive. So I just need to tell, you know, just let her know that if you refer to African Americans as black folk, it's considered offensive. Um, right. Now, and, in the case and, of the young man who called, it's the same thing. You know, um, mm. that is an offensive statement. Maybe that is what we need to start doing to right. let people know that, you know, this is what you're doing is not right. You're not going right. to incite me, which is what you may be trying to do, or you're not going to ridicule me. I'm going to give you an opportunity by letting you know that that's offensive, that's considered offensive, or that's considered inappropriate, that we need to start well, doing that a little more. You can. You can. But I want to say sometimes you choose your battles because sometimes they know mm-hmm. and they purposely mm-hmm. try to hurt you. I have offices in several different locations, and I have an office in Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. In Huntington Beach, there's a lot of individuals, a lot of clients I've had that have been skinheads, that have um, mm-hmm. bigotry, racism. It's, it's crazy. But I remember mm-hmm. one day I got out my, out my car and I accidentally bumped the lady's truck on accident, and I apologized. She cussed me mm-hmm. out and called me a cunt. I'd never been called mm-hmm. a cunt before. I didn't even know what the hell a cunt was. I'd never been called all kinds of names, <laughs> but that was one I did not know. <laughs> mm-hmm. My mama never called me a cunt. <laughs> I just hope you so, didn't say thank you. <laughs> no, I told her. This is what I told her. Even if I was, I wouldn't want to be with you. <laughs> I thought it was Whoa. something else. So I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. But the sad part about it was, Three of my clients were standing right there watching me because they wanted to see how I was going to react. Now, my clients were already on probation because they're court-ordered clients because sometimes they can be in a mm-hmm. domestic violence class, anger management, substance abuse. So here they're looking at me like, okay, Jeanette, we're about to fight in this parking lot. So I <laughs> had to handle it in a way to where – First of all, I don't know, I didn't even know what the hell she was calling me because I didn't know what it was. And they was like, Jeanette, that's mm-hmm. worse than the B word. It didn't mm-hmm. have that impact on me because I didn't even know what the word was myself because I'd mm-hmm. never been called that. So you take away mm-hmm. people's power is what you do. Mm-hmm. And then that makes them go back to think, well, that didn't work. And if they keep trying and keep trying, now you're being okay. malicious and facetious. 
Okay, you said that they go back and they think that didn't work. Okay, so then I was going to ask you this question. I was going to ask you that in your field, what is the consensus? Do you feel that people who are doing that are doing it to get to, to get a rise out of the other person? I think it because varies. if that's what they're trying to do, I you know, they want confrontation. Mm-mm. I think it varies because if you say police brutality. It's a whole different thing because they may not intentionally go in and get a rise. I think that right. in some situations people are provoked. In some mm-hmm. situations people's are buttons are pushed. In some situations it's just ignorance. It's like the old saying, go hurt mm-hmm. people, hurt other people. If I was to mm-hmm. hear someone treating someone like that, I would want to know, and I've asked people, who hurt you? Where did you get that from? Why do you think, right. you know, I I challenge their core belief systems. Even when I'm working Mm -hmm. with individuals in law enforcement, I challenge their core belief systems to try to find out where it's coming from and try to replace Mm -hmm. it with something appropriate. Sometimes people are dealing with a lot of hurt, pain, guilt, shame, grief, all kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff. I've had clients Mm -hmm. and people call me who was hurt because they was raised in a home with racist parents and they don't want to be that way and they don't like how the way that they're being treated because they view things differently and they're trying to help their parents. And like I have, I would have to say is you can only help yourself, but you don't have to believe in what they believe in and they're hurt. So I get it from a lot of different ends, whether it's coming mm-hmm. at me and, and I've had black individuals contact me looking for black therapists and will only want to talk to me because I'm black, but then I'll have Mm -hmm. those that because I'm black feel I don't know what I'm talking about and haven't even heard what Mm -hmm. I had to say. So I've experienced Mm -hmm. it, but because I've experienced it in so many different areas of my life, it still boils down to you may not like me, but I will not let you disrespect me. Mm -hmm. So it's on a case-by-case basis. Okay. Um, Can I change subjects for a minute? Yes, you may. Okay. Uh, I wanted to bring up, because my daughter mentioned this to me the other day, Um, she was saying that one of the things that we needed to do to empower ourselves more would be to make sure that we're supporting um, black businesses, that, you know, she's heard several people talk about that, but, you know, that we really need to take action so that we're having those uh, those fairs and those those, – avenues for exposing who's involved in what what trades and all of this and what businesses we can support, that we need to be more active in making sure that we know where our black dollars can be spent and they're they're helping black businesses. And I think that's important, too. It's important, but I'm going to talk to you off the air about that because, Mm -hmm. again, it goes back to education. It goes back to education. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to – put my foot in my mouth because I know people might not understand exactly what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. we need to do better. We need to do better. Right, I know. Because I've seen I situations where our own have been the worst for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if I'm going to so, go into your shop, I'm not going to let you mistreat me either just because you got the same skin tone I do. Because I've seen right. that happen also. So it goes back to education, but then again it goes back to who hurt you? Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. I've sat mm-hmm. in shops and got my hair done by beauticians that I literally at some point wanted to pop in the mouth if they didn't shut up 
because of some <laughs> of the things that they've said and the way they treat people. I have. So I can stop going because I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to invest my money and I'm not going to listen to this mess. I've done the best mm-hmm. I could to help you. I've tried to redirect you. I've done. No. So I don't want okay, to so, make- so we need some some. We need some training, too, because I'll tell you one incident that I recall. Um, I was working in Compton at the time, and uh, on my lunch break, I needed to get something from the drugstore. So I went to a drugstore in Compton, and to this day, I can't believe that this was a situation. So I go into this drugstore there in Compton, and lo and behold, I've never seen such dust. Everything in that store Mm -hmm. was covered with what seemed like an inch of dust. And I, at first I thought, what's wrong? What's going on here? But anyway, I realized that, you know, the person was just there to sell the merchandise if they could, and, and, you know, people weren't, I guess, weren't worried about the dust. I couldn't buy anything in there because I was so appalled. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this person needs to learn about, you know, how to make it appealing. They also needed to learn how to, you know, help the customer to to speak. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we need some, we need some training. You know, we haven't we been that far into having that many black businesses, so we do need some training and some. Um, we do. We do. And, you know, we and, have and, to, and, and, and that's what I meant when I said that I enjoyed going to the trainings that I went to to obtain my mm-hmm. um, certification in diversity leadership because mm-hmm. I'm more open-minded. So I'm not mm-hmm. easily offended, and I know when you're trying to offend me. So I'm not going to take mm-hmm. it and make it personal. So if a person right. comes to me and they say, well, Jeanette, you know what, even as a therapist, well, I was offended by, I'll listen to them, I'll hear them out. And if it mm-hmm. wasn't my intention to offend them, I'll let them know. So I get mm-hmm. it. But a lot of times individuals, especially when you feel that you've made it or you've elevated yourself, people stop listening because sometimes they stop caring. So right. I don't think nobody right. should be mistreated no matter Who's the owner of the store or the company or the corporation? We have to get better right. at how we treat people, and that's something that exactly. needs to change. So I'm not going to just say exactly. I want to go to an all-black store or all-black this or all I'm not going to do that because, still, that's a whole other form of discriminating. Mm-hmm. And, no, and, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we need to realize that there are some that there are black Correct. businesses that we can patronize as well because Correct. a lot of times they don't do well because they don't have the exposure, <clears throat> which is mm-hmm. why I mentioned, you know, possibly having fairs or something like that, just so they get the exposure for those who you want to patronize the, the black businesses. Correct. And that's, and that's, that's we've got right. We've got a lot and of things you know to work and, on. And that's where social media, a lot of individuals mm-hmm. are advertising via social media, through emails, mm-hmm. their word of mouth, but we need to take our mm-hmm. mouth off people too. Because we're so busy yeah. bad-mouthing people, and that's a whole other issue that we need to stop. So there's a lot of things mm-hmm. because that would be just like, here I am driving in a Mercedes. I'm in Compton. I'm going down to my neighbor's house talking to them. They'd be like, well, who does she think she is, Miss Bucci? But they don't treat me like that because they, mm-hmm. know, they know that I'm not like that. They know that if they right, invite me, right. I'm going to show. They know if they need my help, right. I'm going to be there. They know it's just mm-hmm. hey. This happened, I need you to write me a letter. They know I got them. Mm-hmm. They know if they come right. in and say, Jeanette, my cousin is on drugs, can you talk to him? Or my sister's in a yeah. domestic violence situation, do you know any resources? Mm-hmm. They know I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. I tell them, I'm the same Jeanette I was when I was growing up in Compton. Right, so sometimes great. People that's, change. that's what we need, more of that, more of that. But I'm only one person. So when we start talking about unity, we need to unify. 
we do need to take mm-hmm. a stand, and we need to stand for mm-hmm. righteousness also by transforming our society. Because just like last right. week, we talked about community responsibility. We need to learn mm-hmm. about oppression and racism and violence and police accountability. Mm-hmm. But not only police accountability, business accountability. Preachers and right. teachers need to be held accountable. Parents need to be mm-hmm. held accountable. So we need to mm-hmm. go and make it a little bit um, deeper. And we do need to talk about right. our failed community relations with the police and do better. Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. those are just some of the areas that we need to change and we need to work on. And don't be scared. And even if you Mm -hmm. don't know, ask somebody. Reach out to somebody. That's how Mm -hmm. you make a difference even in your community. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to ask a question because tomorrow we're going to be talking about humanity. Do you know that's a word that some people don't even know the definition of? So how do you even... When we talk about you got to learn these things, teach these things, so we expect people to know these things. Some people don't. Sometimes we got to go back to the basics. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be having Dr. Sheila Harris on in line with us tomorrow, and she's going to be bringing in some individuals that she knows that are on this journey that's about educating, um, helping individuals, and also, and we didn't get a chance to talk about the trauma. When we start mm-hmm. talking about uh, it's time to change, we got to address the trauma. We need to address the mental health issues that is impacting individuals right. as a result of what we're witnessing because that is secondary trauma. And mm-hmm. some people don't even know what PTSD even means. They think you got to go to war, to the military. No, you can experience PTSD mm-hmm. in your own home because it is a traumatic right. event. So these are some of the mm-hmm. things that we need to address. And we need to get more individuals involved in um, understanding crisis response and helping them to understand how to work with their teens and their peers. But we do need to come together. Anything else you want to say to the listeners, S, before we hang up? That's it. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you for joining us here for another episode at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And if you have any suggestions, you have something you want to talk to me about or you want me to talk on the air or share with the listeners, you can email me at J-A-B-N-E-Y-L-M-F-T at gmail.com or preciouspredicaments at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, but just let me know. I do not mind talking about it. So tomorrow, again, we will be talking about humanity because a lot of times individuals just don't know. And I'm going to say again, when we know better, we do better. But we do need to do better. And that is what's going to implement the change because it is time. So, again, thank you and have a blessed and prosperous day. Goodbye. Bye-bye.